We're in the world, but we're not of the world. What are we speaking? What are we decreeing? What are we letting come out of our mouths? Because that's going to be, that's literally going to dictate what we walk in. There's victory in the authority of the word of God spoken through your mouths. And we don't allow a circumstance to dictate what we believe the word of God to say. We don't let circumstances dictate what we really believe. Psalm 91, favorite passage for how many of us? How many of us live in this word? Woo! We live in the word of God. We love Psalm 91. We love the whole word of God, the whole counsel of God, because it's ours. He's given it to us. Amen? And so we find our safety, our shelter in the Lord, oh, the most high God. Amen? There's safety in abiding in the presence of God. And you know, what we do is we abide in his presence day and night and night and day. There is safety in abiding in the presence of God. There is literally a position and a place of us being in safe hands. Say, I'm in safe hands as I abide in the presence of God. And that presence is within me. And I get to learn about that presence as I read his word and become saturated by it. Amen. So in Psalm 91 and in verse 1, it says, He, yes, amen, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells. Do we dwell? We dwell. We're dwellers of the secret place. We dwell. We dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, El Elyon. We allow His presence to be in us, and then we become one with Him. And you don't know where it begins and where it ends because you are literally saturated in Him. Literally saturated. We shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. Say El Shaddai, the shadow of the Almighty. When I abide under the shadow, I am literally hidden in the strength of God. When you abide, you're hidden in his strength. He is the all-powerful God, most powerful God, right? But when you are literally abiding in him, you are hidden in his strength. How many of you sometimes need strength and you don't have it? Not in and of yourselves, that is, right? But when you are hidden in him, your strength is his strength because you're hidden in what he says, I am your strength, I am your forward guard, I am your rear guard, I surround you and I protect you. And that's good news. Yes, it is. That is good news. Thank you, Father. So when I abide, when we abide under the shadow of the Lord my God, I'm hidden in his strength. Whatever I need, he's already there and faithful to provide. Psalm 32 and verse 7, you can turn there if you like. Psalm 32 and verse 7 says, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. This past week we were in verse 8. We're, yeah, verse 8. I'll instruct you and teach you. And we went all through that. But look at verse 7. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. That means, that means he, he is from the, he's your covering, okay? He, he's your covering when there's oppressive forces that are trying to come against you. He's your covering. He's your hiding place. He's your shield. He's your shield. Say, he's my shield. He's my hiding place. He shall preserve me from trouble. 
Hey, that's a promise to keep. He shall preserve me from trouble. The enemy says, oh, there's trouble all around you. Oh, no, but he's going to preserve me from trouble. Devil, you don't know the word as well as you thought you knew the word. You know, the devil prides himself on knowing the word, but the reality is, is he doesn't really know the God that spoke this word, right? And so he only has a limited revelation of that word. Lord, you are my hiding place. You surround me. You are a shield all about me. So when the trouble comes, I know that I just need to look at the one that is already shielding me, that is surrounding me, that is giving me his strength in that season. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, there's trouble all around me. Say, oh, but the Lord my God surrounds me as a shield. What are we saying? What are we speaking? What are we decreeing? What are we letting come out of our mouths? Because that's going to be, that's literally going to dictate what we walk in. You can have what you say. You will have what you say. Yes. Let me finish reading this. I get so excited that when I literally, the word of God just is alive. It's living. Come on. It's powerful. It's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. The word is alive. It separates. Come on, it literally separates. It, it will separate between joint and marrow. It will separate what it needs to separate so we can get right to the heart of the matter, so we can speak to our hearts, so that we go, wow, you know what? The Word of God is literally alive. It's living. It's active. It's going to perform. The Word of God is performing what it said it was going to perform. Well, you are my hiding place, Lord. I'm so grateful that you are my hiding place because you cover me. You shall preserve me from trouble. Yes, Lord, you shall surround me with songs of deliverance, songs of deliverance. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance when you sing in a time that is difficult in your lives, right? Difficulties are all around. You sing during those times. Let the word of God come forth. Sing the word. Pray the word. Let your mouth just literally decree the goodness of God during those times. He's your deliverance. He's surrounding you with songs of deliverance. What is deliverance? Freedom. It's freedom, church. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We are free because he set us free. But our job is to come into agreement and say, you surround me with those songs of deliverance. There is nothing that's going to keep this man, woman, person, believer, saint. Come on, fiery Christian. Nothing that's going to keep me down. Let's go back to, let's go back to Psalm 91. Because this is our main text today, Psalm 91. Oh, right. Praise God. Let's look at verse 2. I will say of the Lord. Here's our job. I will say. Say, I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord, not of the world, not of my circumstance, not how I'm feeling right now, not what the doctors have said, not what, what a, a beloved one has said, but I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, my God, in him I will trust. This is a firm commitment. This is a decision that you made a long time ago that God continues uh, to just strengthen you and, and gird you up uh, and says, this is the decision you made a long time ago. My God, my God, my trust is in you. You are my trust. My hope is in you. So I will say of the Lord. We say of the Lord that he is our refuge and that he is our fortress, that he is our God in him we will trust. He is the hope that holds us together. He is the hope that holds us together, and he is the hope that literally shelters us from oppression, from hard times, from difficulties. 
Not that you don't go through anything, but they, it will not destroy you. What will we say? We will say of the Lord. We will say what the Lord says. We will say that the Lord is good. We will say that he is our sanctuary. He is our, he is our strong tower. Does anybody else get really excited when you read the word of God? Does it stir you up? Because it's alive. He's alive. Jesus is the word. The word is alive. And the word is so alive and it's living on the inside of us. And when you just give attention, if you give attention to that word that is alive on the inside of you, you see it come to life in you. You see it come to life even through you and out of you. What we, what we give attention to is what grows. Like, so what we feed grows, right? What we, what, we, what we water, what we feed, it grows. What we starve dies, right? So when we allow the word, we feed on that word. We're literally saying, oh, I, I will say of the Lord, he is my fortress. It's growing. It's like your understanding, your ability to come alive grows. Amen? Thank you, Father. Let's, let's look at verse, verse 3. It says, surely he shall deliver you from the snare, from the trickeries, from the schemes. Nobody should be rolling their eyes right now. Nobody should be like, oh, yeah, no, those schemes, those snares. Because you're above those schemes and those snares. They shouldn't be like this blanket heavy weight just weighing you down. It should not be because when you see the power of God in you, when you've seen it, you realize, my goodness, he's delivering me from those snares. You're delivered from those snares, the snares of the fowler. So let's leave. Verse 3, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Surely he's going to deliver you. Surely he has delivered you. He has delivered you from the perilous pestilence. That word, the perilous pestilence, means plagues. Plagues, like of deadly diseases that affects a whole community. In other words, like a plague that just kind of goes forth. In other words, kind of like something that's like widespread that everybody is talking about. Okay? Some, some infection, some bacteria, some, some disease, uh, some crazy assignment of COVID, yes. right? Yes. It's, a, it's like a deadly pestilence that some that have given themselves over to it die from it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you know, you guys, you're going to make me preach tonight, aren't you? You're going to make me preach. You're like, what is she talking about? Really? It says in the word of God, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Either we're going to believe the word of God or we're not. This is deadly diseases that affect a community. Deadly diseases. Mindset. Say mindset. I'm shifting my mindset tonight. I'm going to make sure my mindset is literally set on the word of God. Lord, you are my healer. You are my deliverer. And I'm not going to allow some plague, some fear that is, is, is just running rampant to get into my spirit and my soul. Can't. The minute you give it this much, the minute you open the door this much, that fear just opens up that door wide, wide. And it, it moves in. 
No. Say no, not on my watch. Do you know that you, you are the one that needs to protect your own spirit? You can only go so far with somebody else. But when it comes to you, when it comes to me, when it comes to you, taking care of your body, your spirit, your soul, you have 100%, 100% access to the truth of God's word. You can't change somebody else's mind, but you certainly can change your own. So are we all following what I'm saying right now? <laughs> That's good. Psalm 34:19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, oh, he delivers. He delivers them out of them all. He delivers out of them all. Not some. Not some. The word does not say some, does it? And some would say, yeah, but you say that, but so-and-so, that didn't happen to them. It's completely different. They were affected by this. You have to keep your eyes on the living God. You have to remember that you don't know everything, but you can't open the door up to the devil and say, oh, there's a little bit, an element of doubt because it didn't work out for me or for somebody that I know, somebody that I loved. You got to remember, God is God and I am not. His word is true. His promises are true. They come to pass. If he says he delivers them out of them all, then he delivers them out of them all. And we don't allow a circumstance to dictate what we believe the word of God to be to say we don't let circumstances dictate what we really believe because things happen to everybody but we have to find a way in the word to say but you said and we remind ourselves that you are faithful and you deliver us out of them all and the Lord will give you revelation when you're when you're like this where you're just like so firmly believing this the Lord will give you revelation as what that he will deliver them out of them all looks like in your life. Because it really might look different from somebody else. But he is delivering you out of them all. He's not a man that he should lie. I hope that you're all hearing what I'm saying right now. And I hope it's making sense because I'm telling you the word, the enemy wants to discredit. He wants you to discredit the word, so he tries to discredit the word by, by putting that little element of doubt. Yeah, but it didn't work for so-and-so. Stop with that opening of that demonic door. God is faithful. You don't know the end from the beginning. Only God does. You don't know all the aspects to every situation and every story. Only God does. So don't let someone's, you know, their falling or, or their, their, their death or something. Don't let that situation change your belief of what the word still says. The perilous pestilence, it shall not come near you. The enemy tries. But you got to be the one to say, excuse me, Mr. Devil, but you don't know the word as well as you thought you knew the word. I do know what the word says, and it's not coming near me. And maybe it already is near you. It's not coming near me. 
Maybe it's already, un maybe it's all over you. Maybe you already have all the effects. You see it, you, you know, it's not coming near me. And the devil thinks you're crazy. Well, we are for Jesus. See, he waits on some, yes, because logically, realistically, I have all those symptoms. I have all those feelings. I have, the doctors have already said, it's been diagnosed. Stop with all your practicality because it's sinking you. It is literally sinking your ship. No more. Say no more. We're going to activate faith. We're going to activate the faith of God. We're going to activate this faith and we're going to live in the word. We're going to make sure this word is living on the inside of us. Put the word on it. Put the word on it. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go back to Psalm 91. We're going to be going back and forth to Psalm 91. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 4. He shall cover you. So he shall cover me. He shall cover me with his feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. Yes, Lord, under your wings we take refuge because he's our hiding place. Right? His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Thank you, Lord God. Wings of refuge. He shall hide me. He shall cover me under his feathers. Under his wings I take refuge. I am safe in the presence of the Lord. My strength comes from God Almighty. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Abba. Look at verse 5. You shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid. Of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Wow. I'm going on to verse 6. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. None of it. See, in other words, demonic forces, they have actually lost their intimidating power over you. Remember, we don't go by feelings. You may feel that intimidating power. You don't go by feelings. You go by the word. So we go by the word. I go by the word. Demonic forces, has, they have lost their intimidating power over me. Why? Because I shall not be afraid of the terror by night. I shall not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. Day and night, night and day, I will not be afraid. Do you know the more that you say that out of your mouths, the more that you experience this victory, the more that you say, I will not be afraid of the terror that flies by night. No. The more that you walk in victory, the devil keeps you silent sometimes, and that's his victory. When the devil keeps you silent, he gains victory. When you open your mouth and you decree the truth, you gain victory. Somebody needs to write that down. Literally, when the devil keeps you silent, he gains victory. But when you open your mouth and you decree the word of God, you gain the victory. Amen. That's why he wants to keep so many believers quiet. Okay, well, I believe, but I don't, you know, it's not my personality to be that bold and that, that crazy. Well, you just lost. Open your mouth and decree the truth. Open your mouth and decree the way it's supposed to be. And stop letting the devil beat you up. Stop letting him steal what God said was rightfully yours. When he says healing is rightfully yours, and you're focusing on all the symptoms, you're letting the devil steal the victory that's rightfully yours. No more. 
We have the word. He said in his word that no matter what, we will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. These are all setups. We can see the setups of the enemy. But I'm telling you, when you get the, the truth comes, when the revelation of this comes within you, you start walking so differently, you realize, my goodness, devil, you, you should have tried harder when you had a chance. You should have tried harder when I didn't know. You should have tried harder, you know, before I was awakened to the truth of God's word, his power, his presence, because you're defeated now. You're defeated now. See, he's defeated now. In my life, he's defeated now. Come on, somebody say it like they mean it. Devil's defeated now because I know the truth. And that truth sets me free. We're free. I'm free. We're free. Look at verse 7 and 8. It says, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. Means you're going to see all this all around you. You're going to see the destruction. You're going to see people that are not standing on what they could be standing on. Okay? So a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. It shall not even come near you. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand by your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Goes on to say, only with your eyes will you see. Only with your eyes, only with your eyes, only with your eyes shall you see. Oh, my goodness. It says, only with, with your eyes shall you see the reward of the wicked. Oh, the wicked's getting a reward, all right, and it's not a good one. You know, when you think of a reward, you think of a good thing, a gift. Oh, yeah, you're getting a gift, all right, but not one that you're going to like. Yeah, that's right, babe. Yeah. So only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Say, the devil's going to pay. Mm hmm He's already paying, and he continues to pay. Why? Because I know my legal rights in the word of God. Got to know our rights. Got to know your rights. Don't give him an inch. Don't give him a son. Don't give him anything at all. Don't let him have access. When we dwell in the secret place, and when we allow the strength of who God is in us, to rise up and say, oh, no, you don't, devil. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Things change in our lives. Literally, they change in our lives. It's called authority. It's called the authority that Christ has given us. It's called the anointing that he has given us. I could use different words to describe it, but it is the power of God in you. The power of God is not dormant. In other words, there's nothing, there's no deficit, there's nothing wrong with what you received when you received the Lord in, in prayer. You received his presence, you received his Him. The power of God in you is not dormant. You may not be putting a demand on the word of God, but the power of God is not dormant. You don't lack anything. You literally don't lack anything. The enemy wants you to think that you do. He wants you to think that, oh, well, I'm not as strong as, as her, as him. I'm not as, I don't know the word as much. Or, or I haven't experienced as much in life that, you know, as they talk about. 
The power of God, which is the word of God, is in you, is it not? The word is not dormant. God is not dormant. God is not lacking. So the only problem would be our inability to make a demand on that word by coming into agreement and decreeing that word in spite of what we see and what we feel. Amen. Yeah, we said we got to fight. Got to fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. So in other words, we can wrap this up as this. Death may be all around me, but I am still standing. I remain standing. Oh, yes, a thousand may fall by my side. Oh, yes, 10,000 by my right hand. I'm still standing. Are we standing? We're still standing. We're still standing in the truth. We're still standing in the promises of God. We're still standing in the victory that he has already paid for with his own blood. The blood of Jesus. Deuteronomy 28, 7 says, The Lord will cause your enemies who come up and rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They're going to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you in one way, but they're fleeing in seven ways. They're going to flee in seven ways. Uh, you know, I challenge some of you, walk around your houses this week. Uh, just decree that promise right there, De Deuteronomy 28, 7. Deuteronomy 28, 7. Oh, the Lord will cause the enemies who come against me to be, to be defeated before my very face. I will see it. Say, you will see it. I will see it. Oh, yes, before my face. They shall come out against me in one way, but they're fleeing in seven ways. Seven ways they scatter. Seven ways. They came against me in one way. They had a tactic. And they got scared right in their boots, and they had to go seven ways. And you go, wow. Wow. Why? Because it disintegrates. The enemy disintegrates. Literally shrivels up. Do you see the picture? comes against you in one direction, one tactic. He's not as smart as some people make him out to be. One tactic comes against you in one way, one tactic, right? You start standing on the word of God. All of a sudden, it just falls apart. He falls apart. And then you see all these little demons, all these little minions, and that's what they are, minions, and they're scattering in seven ways. Sometimes you just need to get a little bit of Holy Ghost anger, like righteous anger. And you just rise up and say, uh-uh, devil. Oh, no, you messed with the wrong person. You messed with the wrong person. Seven ways, get out of here. There's victory in this church. There's victory. I know. I'm not telling you something I don't know. I know. There's victory in the authority of the word of God spoken through your mouths. There's victory in this. And that victory is for you, but that victory is for the people that you're also covering. That victory is so that lives are not lost. That victory is so that you pray, you stand, you believe, you decree the truth of God's word for however long it takes, however long it requires, and you will see the victory in your lives and in their lives. We have testimonies after testimony. I'm sure many of us could give testimonies of what I'm referring to tonight. That's a good Verse 9 and 10, it says, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Because we've made the Lord our dwelling place. 
because we've made the Lord our God. Oh, the Lord who is my refuge, I run to him and I am safe. Because I've made the Lord my God, my refuge. Oh, yes, even the most high God, my dwelling place. Because we've done that, because we continue to do that. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. We are in 91, Psalm 91, verse 10. It says, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. No evil shall befall you. Say, no evil shall befall me. No evil shall befall. Nor shall any plague come near my dwelling place. Oh, what a promise. Proverbs 12, 21. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with what? But the wicked shall be filled with what? Evil. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous. None. Say none. Say afflicted, but not overtaken. Come on, you might be afflicted, but you're not overtaken. We got to learn to see. We got to learn to see the truth. Not see what's in front of your face. We got to learn to see the truth. Spiritualize. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous. No grave trouble at all. But the wicked shall be filled with evil. Thank you, Father. We might be afflicted, but we are not overtaken. Glory to God in the highest. Thank you, Lord God, for your promises, which are yes and amen. Let's go back to Psalm 91. In verse 11 and 12, it says, For he shall give his angels charge over you. The Lord is giving angels charge over you. To keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. The Lord is assigning angels to you. We don't worship angels, but we know that God has assigned angels to us. We know that God uses angels. We know that we can pray, and that when we pray the word of God, the angels hear the word of God, and they go forth and they bring that word to pass. It's their job. Say, it's their job. It's their job. And so when God gives those angels to us to help us, to minister to us, and we work alongside, and we work with the Spirit of the living God, His Word, and those angels are literally on assignment to bring forth this Word. Literally on assignment to bring forth this Word. So angels are assigned to you. We have angels that are assigned unto us. And like I said, we don't elevate the angels. We don't, we don't worship angels. But they are assigned unto us. God assigns us angels, right? For he shall give whom? His angels. He shall give his angels charge over you. To keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Turn to, turn to Psalm 121. 121, Psalm 121, 7 and 8. Told you we're going to be going through. We're going to, we've got, you know, different scriptures we're going to, but we're coming back to Psalm 91 because that is our main text tonight. Okay, so let me turn to Psalm 121 as well. 7 and 8. 
the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. It means keep you. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even more. The Lord shall preserve you. The Lord shall keep you from what? All evil. He shall keep you from all evil. Some evil? No. All evil. All evil. Say all evil. All evil. I think I've shared this testimony before, but it's been a long time. And since my daughter is in the room tonight, I think this is a perfect time to reshare the testimony. <laughs> you know when your, your firstborn is about 15 and a half years old and they're about ready to learn how to drive? And you know how we always train our kids up never to get in the car with a stranger? And we always tell them about stranger danger and not to go with people you don't know. But you know how they, they turn 15 and a half-ish and then it's like time for driver's ed, right? And then you randomly call some driver's place and some complete random stranger drives up to your house and they open the door and some man says, come on in and says, no woman, you can't go with your daughter. She's going with me by herself and she's 15 and a half years old. You, ever, does, is, you guys have been through this, right? Those that have kids have been through this, right? So she's, Valerie's 15 and a half years old. She's you know, wanting to learn how to drive and she's my firstborn, need I say more? She's my firstborn, so like everything is new. Going through it all for the first time. And so we have, she wants to learn how to drive. You don't need to learn how to drive until you're like 18, 19, 20 years old. Yes, mom, I want to learn how to drive. Great, she wants to learn how to drive. I don't want her to learn how to drive because if she learns how to drive, then I'm going to have to let her go with some random person in a car. And, you know, I don't know this person. So I call all these different places. I decide, you know, surely there's got to be a place that I can go with. That I can just sit in the back seat of the car. I won't say a word. Trust me, I won't say a word. So I call these places. And I'm calling different places, like driver's school, you know. And, you know, can I go with? I want to just sit in the back seat. And I'm just going to. No, you, no, that's illegal. We, we don't allow that. Why? Insurance reasons. We can't have you back there. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, but no thanks. Hang up. Call. I called, like, a few different places because I thought surely I was going to find a place. No, I did not find a place. That day came when the driver came. We chose a school, you know, they, they come, right? And she's, she's all excited, you know, of course. She's 15 and a half. She wants to learn how to drive. She wants to get her permit. She gets into the car. She's my firstborn. I'm standing outside, traumatized. And I'm like upset, and I'm also traumatized, and I'm fearing, and I'm going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening, and I can't stop it. And so she gets into the car. You may not know this side of the story because you were just in the car, and you were so excited to learn how to drive, but here's what mama was going through. And so I'm, well, I'm at the end of the driveway, and they drive off. And like, talk about fear. Like, I'm not typically a fearful person. Whoa, but boy, oh boy, did fear hit me. Right? And so I am like going, I'm watching her, I'm watching her. They go to the end of the street. We live on a cul-de-sac. She turns the, 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 you know, the, she turns the corner, right? And I don't see her anymore, right? And so I'm now going, I'm pacing. I go home, I go upstairs and I'm pacing and I'm pacing and I'm pacing in our room and I'm looking out the, because our bedroom faced the front 
of the street. So I can see when the car is coming for. So I'm looking. I'm like, she just left, Kathy. She's not coming back right now. And I'm pacing and I'm going, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. I cannot believe I let my daughter, my 15 and a half year old, get into a car with a stranger. And I'm literally having a panic attack. I'm having a panic attack. It's not, you know, it wasn't something that I was used to having, but I knew that I knew that I knew this is that. This must be a panic attack. So the Lord's like, open up the word of God. He literally told me Psalm 121, 7 and 8. I open up the word of God. 121, 7 and 8. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. He shall preserve your going out and your coming forth from this time and even furthermore. It's like the Lord shall preserve. He shall preserve her for her going out and her coming in. Her going out and her coming in. The Lord is going to preserve her. And I thought, Really? Lord, I'm standing on that word for Valerie. Okay, Lord, you said in your word. And I'm praying like a maniac. But as I was praying like a maniac, guess what? I was calming down. Yeah. Oh, the volume wasn't lowering. But inside, my nerves, my fears were calming down. And I learned this scripture. And I got it committed to memory in my spirit, man. And from that day forward, it's like the spirit of the living God. When there was something that was out of my control, that was out of my control. Couldn't stop it. If I could, I would have. When something comes about that's out of your control and you pray to the Lord your God, Lord, you said you are going to surround them. You said you shall preserve them. They're going out and they're coming in both now and forevermore. You shall preserve them. You said you're going to keep them from all evil. You said you're going to keep them from all evil. And so mama was having a whole prayer time all by herself as I was praying back and forth in that room as you were like, oh, this is so fun. I get to learn how to drive, you know, but I got to learn how to trust God. That day I got to learn how to really trust God in an area that was so, so precious to my heart because she is my firstborn and this was all new to me and I couldn't understand why we would have a random, complete stranger, a man of all things, like drive and then have your teenage daughter get into the car. Still don't like that. Still don't like that. And for those of you that have young kids and that haven't gone through this yet, maybe you'll find a woman. I don't know. I couldn't seem to find one. I checked. Things are different now. I get it. But nevertheless, God used this story. This, he used this situation to teach me how to abide in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> So thank you. No, no, seriously. Uh, he used, what was it? He's the best, right? He is a good teacher. That's right. Constance. And he's the best teacher. And he used this scenario to teach me how to really abide when I was so afraid. Because, you know, like, I was a protective mama. A very, and we should be. We should. I was the mama bear. I'm pretty protective. I knew what the enemy was up to. And I'm, I don't think so, you know, and so, but we get to trust God. We get to trust him. And when I allowed the spirit of the Lord to speak to me through this word, that's when I changed. And that's when I calmed down. And that's when I realized, you know, I can trust my firstborn with my heavenly father. And as I learned that, of course, she came home safe. Of course, she was just fine. She also ended up getting her permit, right? And so it was a win-win. But seriously, we get to trust the Lord even when it, it may be difficult. But he, his word says he assigns angels over us. 
He assigns angels so that you will not dash. He says you will not dash your foot against the stone. So we stand on that word that he preserves our soul, that he preserves us from all evil. We stand on the word that he shall preserve our going out and our coming forth from this time forward and even forevermore. So in other words, you're going out and you're coming in. You're going out and you're coming in. You're going out and you're coming in every day. And you know what? For those that have kids, I have kids. I have kids and grandkids. So this is, so obviously to me, these are the examples that make sense because I've lived them out, yeah. right? We get to stand on this word. You should have Psalm 121, 7 and 8 committed to memory. And the next time that the enemy tries to bring that fear and it's a situation you can't change, you know, it's like, oh, I don't really want to do it, but this is the way it goes, right? You stand on that word and you don't let the devil rob you of that peace. You don't let him bring you into such a frenzy, but you know, you learn. You learn as you go through things. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your fridge. That's right. Let's go back to Psalm 91. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word that teaches us. Thank you for your word. It's so powerful, Lord. Let's look at verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. You shall do it. Say, I'm, I'm the one. I've been called. I, I'm the one that's been called. I'm the one that has been called to literally do this. Tread upon the lion, tread upon the cobra, the young lion, and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. You know, the Hebrew word for lions can also mean snakes and dragons, which are satanic symbols, right? But the word of the Lord says that you're going to do what? You're treading. You're going to tread upon the lion. You're going to tread upon the cobra. You're trampling underfoot. You're stomping upon. You're literally destroying tactics of the enemy. As you remind yourself, I'm the one that treads upon the lion and the cobra. I'm the one that have been dictated by the Lord. I've been mandated by God. I'm the one that is going to destroy the enemy's assignments. Luke 10, 19 says, behold, I give you authority to trample. I give you authority to trample on serpents. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Thank you, Father. Uh, Deuteronomy 33, 29. Happy are you, O Israel. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? The shield of your help and the sword of your majesty Look at the rest of that verse. Your enemies shall submit to you and you shall tread down their high places. Your enemies shall submit, which means cower. Your enemies shall cower to you. They shall submit to you. And you will tread, which means trample. You will tread down their high places. Oh, they try to build high places. They try to build fortresses in your mind they try to build high places but you're the one that trample them down you're the one that's called by god to trample them literally trample them down no high place that the devil has built is allowed to stay within you none when you get the authority you understand your rights in christ you go oh no that's a high place oh no it's a high place that the enemy has built and no that's coming down say it's coming down it's coming down in the name of jesus Let's go back to Psalm 91 and verse 14. Psalm 91. 
It's a powerful, powerful psalm. We need to be and meditate in. So Psalm 91.14 says, because he has set his love upon me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, because we have set our heart upon him, because we love him. Here's the promise. I would deliver him. Because, he says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Do you know the name of the Lord? The name of the Lord is powerful. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to him and they are safe. Hallelujah. Because he has set his love upon me. Because you have set your love upon the Lord. He's delivering you. He's your great deliverer. He says, I will set you on high because you have known my name. Do you know the name of the Lord? Do you know that he is your rescuer? He is your redeemer. He's your, he's your master. He's your forgiver. He's your deliverer. Do you know the name of the Lord? Because, because you have set your love upon him. He's delivering you. It's not because you're so great. It's not because you've got so many scriptures memorized. It's because you set your love upon him. Because you've decided, you know, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to love you. I'm going to trust you. And what happens? He's your hiding place. He's your shelter from the storm. He shields you and your strength is now his strength. Because you find your strength in him. Right? Praise God. How many of you are excited? Just by reading of the word of God, it's exciting. We won't turn there, but I'll give you the reference. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, For I will restore health to you and heal you of all your wounds, saith the Lord. That's just one promise. There's so many. I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Let's look at verse uh, 15. 15, it says, He shall call upon me and I will answer him. You guys, it doesn't get any better than that. The promise is, is that you will call on the name of the Lord and he will answer. He will answer. He says, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. He says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I am delivered from evil and I am honored by the Lord my God. You are delivered from evil and you are honored by the Lord your God. He says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. He says, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and what? Honor him. He says, I will deliver him and I will honor him. Did you know God wants to honor you? I mean, we know he wants to deliver us. We know he has delivered us. Do you know that God wants to honor you because you've set your love upon him? Because you haven't looked at the giants in the land and focused on the giants? He wants to honor you because you've taken him at his word and said, Lord, I trust you. Even in my deepest fears, or like the example that I use as a, my firstborn going out, getting into a car with some random man, because I choose to love you, because I choose to trust you, the Lord says, I want to honor you. That's powerful. And something to be meditated upon. And something to be literally get down in your spirit, man. Because these are precious promises. These are precious promises that God has given us. If God honors you, and as God honors you, no man can stop you. No, no assignment can come against you when God honors you. And people may not understand and go, I don't get it. I try to stop them. I try to put all kinds of, of assignments against them. 
I speak all manner of evil against them. I devise all kinds of wicked schemes and plans and, you know, try to sabotage their walk. But they just won't be put down because God is honoring you, because God is lifting you up, because you love him. It's our job because we love him. It's a promise, one that we're keeping, hanging on to. And that very last scripture, I know I read it, but verse 16, we can't, we can't not mention it at least. With long life, it says with long life, I will satisfy you. Stop cutting your life short by the words you speak. With long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? You know an extended life is your portion? An extended life is your portion. You're not like the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not to look like the world. We're not to talk like the world. We're not to act like the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. The world has nothing for us. The word of God says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You speak blessing over your lives. Extended life is your portion. Having an extended life is your portion. And of course, we also decree in good health. Thank you, Lord, for that extended life in good health. Thank you, Lord God, that your word says in Proverbs 9, 10, and 11. Please write this down. Proverbs 9, 10, and 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied, and the years of your life will be added unto you. For by me, God is multiplying your days, and God is literally adding years to your lives. Come on. It says, and it's for those that fear the Lord. Do we fear the Lord? Yes. yes. So with long life, he's going to satisfy you. With long life, he's satisfying you, and he's showing you his salvation. 